Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Necromaniacs podcast. How's it going, Mike? You doing all right? I am doing well. Uh, that's right. You heard it right. Necromaniacs podcast, the horror podcast coming at you once again. Um, I'm doing good, man. You know what I'm liking? I'm liking that the sun is staying out longer, Michael. That's what I'm liking. Daylight savings. <laughs> I like that the sun's out longer and that, mm -hmm. but I don't like what we have to do with the clocks. I think that's, that's stupid really, but you know, yeah, I was take. kind of, uh, yeah, I was kind of out of it Monday morning, you know, working, you know, yesterday morning I was like, fuck man, it's, it's, it's actually, it's actually earlier than what it is, but the body needs a little time to, uh, to readjust, huh? Yeah. It's, it's silly really, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about anymore about this daylight savings business. You know what I mean? Daylight savings. Old school. Uh, real quick, listeners. Um, our Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode, which was episode 116, that went up uh, two weeks ago or so. Uh, there was a bit of a glitch. The glitch is fixed. And, you know, just reinforcing that you can listen to that episode again. Uh, it was the episode from March 3rd. So Necromaniacs 116, our wonderful review of the of the exciting new texas chainsaw mask of 2022 uh is up for your listening pleasure right mike yeah and that glitch was only on apple podcast like it was on yeah. all the other platforms but it had apple just and and it was a pain to go you know i was on you know i went through the support you know system that they have and Mm. went back and forth and that you know so we got it figured out though and, and it's all good and and this uh this we're, we're all set we're in good shape now exactly just wanted to make sure you know if people uh the apple people you know you know they miss a beat and uh it's a good episode wanted to check it out right mike i had a lot of fun uh talking about that movie <laughs> yes we did <laughs> yeah. we did have a lot of fun talking about that movie um however uh we're gonna get the plugs out of the way uh, here's some podcasts that you should be listening to. Break the Apocalypse. Our buddies at Break the Apocalypse. B Show Brian has left the building, Michael. He has really? left the show. What, what, yeah. You, you got like, uh, you know, like a, a, an offer from uh, some huge network or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, family and personal obligations. Uh, he is no longer able to commit to a weekly podcast. It is on good terms, of course. Yeah. But uh, the show is now, of course, John Draper and Shaheen only. And uh, we wish you well, B-Show Brian. Hopefully you'll be able to come back on to Break the Apocalypse once in a while. But uh, the burly man has left the building. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure the door is always going to be open for him to come back if things get you know sorted out. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, let's see. Into the Necrosphere. You should be listening to that show, folks. Great metal-themed podcast. Uh Horror Wolf 666 podcast, another great horror podcast, aside from, of course, Necromaniacs podcast. Uh, check that out. And, of course, Agitators Anonymous, Alan Averill of Primordial's podcast, which is really cool. He had a great episode about Countess Bathory, Mike. Yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet. That's That one's um, definitely in my queue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he also had, you know, uh, of course, we talked a little bit about it last time. He had an episode about uh, the war in Ukraine, and you know he has he had a good take on it, in in my opinion. And uh, once again, of course, to any any listeners that we have out there, perhaps in the Ukraine or in Russia, you know, sending our best to you and and hoping for some kind of uh, some kind of resolve here, Mike. You know, I hope so. Um... It just makes me sad to think about people getting killed for just some fucking nut job that wants to expand his borders, you know, yeah. so he has access to the, to the, you know, the black sea or whatever. It's uh, <laughs> scary times. Yeah. Um, you know, scary reality, you know, of course you listen to horror podcasts for scary fiction, right? So to speak, you know, non-reality. And of course there's, there's nothing quite like the horrors of actual, war um aside from that michael uh i've been checking out some interesting stuff as of late uh i'll have uh one episode left for archive 81 mike 
I, I love that show. Um, you know, I mean, I'm a total fanboy for that kind of stuff too, and I'm willing to overlook certain things. And but there's really not much to overlook in that show. I think it's really <laughs> solid. You know. Yeah. Um. I was only recently aware that the show is based on a, a podcast, yeah. which I did not know. Um. And um, a friend of ours was not a big fan of the podcast that has not watched the show. Uh, our friend Rennie, but I I may check out the podcast because yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of the show. Um, I am caught up on the the Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max, which is a very funny show. Uh, from the people who brought you uh, Vice Principals and Eastbound and Down. Um, I know Mike Hill, you're a big comedy guy, so maybe you should check out the Righteous Gemstones. I, I saw the first two episodes. I really, I mean, I, I like that type of stuff because it's super yeah. dark and just you know, I, I really, I mean, I enjoyed uh, Eastbound and Down quite a bit. I like Danny McBride, you know, and uh, yeah, he's he's great, man. I mean, yeah. the the comedy that him and, and uh, Jody Hill they they just I don't know they they're irreverent. You know what I'm saying? They're almost like. To me, I would put them in the school of like 80s, like, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like pretty fairly over the top, but also kind of smart, you know, at 100%. the same time. Yeah. 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 Um, I just enjoy everything they do. I, what, whatever they do, I'll watch it. Um, and what else have I been checking out? Um, I'm all caught up uh, on the latest like I did it like a Joe Bob Bonanza, basically. Yeah. I kind of went back and watched a bunch of the old ones. Oh yeah. Because quite honestly, Shutter has a vast array of the Joe Bobs, and I have complained about the order that they're kind of in, you know. But it, it kind of, I guess, doesn't matter. You just kind of watch them and enjoy them, you know. You know, he should have his own like little sidebar. You know what I mean on the on the app. Yeah. Think, you know, he does right? so much like content, and it's like. You really have to search for all the specials and all the different episodes of the different mm -hmm. seasons. And, you know, it, it's really hard to pinpoint the episodes you want to watch. Yes. And, of course, I've also lobbied for the fact that he, it should be a monthly show, like period, not yeah. just kind of like holiday based or what, the other whatever kind of odd schedule they have for, uh, you know, his show on, on Shudder. But, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, that's about it, I guess. I, you know. I, I've been out a lot, so I haven't been watching too much. Um, looking forward to uh, this weekend's big metal show, Mike. Oh yeah, Immol um, immolation, immolation, yep. yeah, immolation, mortician, Black Anvil, demolition hammer, funeral Elite show in New York City on Saturday, at Irving Plaza. By the time you people hear this, uh, the show will have passed, and uh, we're definitely going to probably talk a bit about that. Um, I caught Wayfarer last week, uh, Mike, at Vitus. That was great. Uh, the band from Colorado. Yeah, uh, yeah, really totally, good. man. Mm. What the fuck did I... I did something. I can't remember what I did that night, though. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Very good. It turns out it was their first show in two years. Like, wow. Like, period. Like, they hadn't played at all. So, um, I, I was, like, blown away. I was really digging them. They're on uh, the excellent uh, Profound Lore label. Um, interestingly enough, I, their first two albums, which are kind of hard to come by, are not on Profound Lore. They're on Prosthetic Records. And when I went to the Prosthetic Records website, they were like wiped from the site, Wayfarer. So who the hell knows what, what the hell that's about? But, maybe, they, uh, maybe they got canceled or something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, they, maybe they're like, you know, one of, one of several bands that has like a beef with that label from what I understand. But anyway, um, yeah, Wayfair from Colorado, black metal of the American West. I mean, how can you, how can you not like that? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you know, honestly, at this stage, the United States has legit, like, you, you know, how like Europeans get kind of like elitist about stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. You know, yeah. it's oh, our yeah. shit. It's our shit. Now, <laughs> you know? We took it, you know. I just like the fact that, you know, like the band Agalock, for example, like they basically kind of started writing about very American things and American folklore, American poets, like American, you know, American themed stuff, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And this band is from Colorado, which, which is the West, obviously. Um, and their whole trip is 
fucking the old west and the history of the old west and it's you know black metal music set to black metal uh, american culture which i mean is what they've been doing in sweden and norway and finland etc for many many years technically if you think about it why can't america do that and america is doing that so i think that's cool jackie talks about that quite a bit mm -hmm. on into the necrosphere about like old school uh you know black metal dudes being like oh black metal's over it's done you know right there's, right there's right. no heart anymore and uh it's just not true, man. It just just no. like anything else, it evolves and changes, and more people get involved in the whole thing. And you know, death metal was the same way. I mean, it doesn't. Sure, death metal has branched off into so many different, you know, like uh, different tendrils, different styles, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. You know, hardcore, um, everything, everything changes. Everything hardcore, everything has everything has changed a bit, and there's always going to be an old guy, an old gal that doesn't go like it. But you know what? That doesn't mean it's not happening. <laughs> and that doesn't mean it's not valid, right? Absolutely. So, you know, you don't have to like it. Look, I, as an older metalhead, older hardcore guy, are there newer bands that I don't enjoy? Of course. Are there newer horror movies I don't enjoy? Of course. But there's a, a lot of new ones that I do. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I, I'm, I've done my due diligence and I'm doing my part. And, and keeping up with what I want to keep up with because it, it's, you know, it's shit I enjoy. I'm not just going to shit on an entire generation's worth of stuff. I mean, that's that's pathetic, I think. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a whole, I've been really digging the Australian bands. You know, they're, they're mm -hmm. I wouldn't say all of them are new, but right. they're newer and they're definitely new to me. Like, you know, like Werewolves, um, The Amenta, Ruins, Psychroptic, like all these bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah are phenomenal man and and you know they're from australia but they're combining elements of all different styles of death metal black metal extreme music it's just cool i get excited when i hear shit that i like you know i'm not one of these fucking guys who's like oh yeah i, don't, I can't i don't listen to anything except for uh you know carcass from first two records or whatever you know you know dark, yeah dark i mean throne, you know right there's there's way more out there and, and wayfarer has ties to to other bands big bands like they have the wayfair project uh, they have blood incantation which is one of the biggest death metal bands in america they, they share some members there they share members with another huge buzz black metal band Stormkeep, and they share uh another tie with uh the doom death band spectral voice so within that one little corner of the the country you've got four bands that people love you know what i'm saying that yeah. all have pretty big followings so, you know, hats off to people with talent and hats off to people that are fucking out there doing shit, you know? That's how I see it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, fuck yeah. So, with that being said, um, the early aughts, Michael, the early aughts, the horror of the early aughts, early aughts nostalgia, Euro horror, cannibalism, vampirism, extreme violence. <laughs> I gotta tell you, trouble every day which is the movie we are covering tonight. Uh, we hinted at it the last time we chatted together, folks. Um, <laughs> is the 2001 film by director Claire Dennis, which might be Denis, but we're going to say Claire Dennis. What do you think, Mike? Well, I like to fuck around with French, so uh, <laughs> I, I would say... We're going to say Claire Denis. I would say Claire Denis, yeah. We're going to say Claire Denis. I just, I'm walking that back. Okay. Um, 2001 French erotic horror film. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing this in the theater back in the day with, uh, with my old girlfriend, Samantha. Um, and we had this thing back. We saw a lot of really fucked up movies together, actually, me, uh, me and her. And, um, this was one of them because it was, it was a cool time. Um, and, and watching this movie again, uh, just last night, mind you. For tonight's show because i wanted to be very fresh mike i was overcome with aughts nostalgia what about you a hundred percent man because one of the one of the ways one of the reasons why i saw this movie or even know about claire denis is um when i my years in greenpoint when i lived out there before it became you know like what it is now it was like this mm -hmm. kind of quiet desolate area that had some really cool things there 
there was mm. a uh, a video store um, there, a, an actual place you would go in and rent DVDs and stuff like yes. that. Yes, you know, I called, know the store well that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, called Photo Play, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael, the guy who another a third Michael who um <laughs> he was the owner, and they had like every any anything basically except for porn, no porno, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I got to know him because I was in there all the time. And he was just like a really personable guy. You know, the regulars, like he knew what they liked and what they were into. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got you know the new whatever's out. Check it out. And he was out of the blue, just judging from the stuff that I was renting. He was like, do you know <laughs> Claire Denis' movie Trouble Every Day? And I'm like, I know. So I, I rented it. And I, I went, walked back to my place and I watched it. And it was like. A masterpiece, I thought. And it always reminds me of that, you know, those halcyon days, man, of like, mm. like when you're living that time, you think it's just going to be like that forever. You know, you think it's, oh, this is how life yeah. is. It's like, yeah, I'll have yeah. my little spot. It's like no one, you know, no one comes out to this neighborhood, really. There's like some cool things here, and that's about it. And the video store is there. And then, but every, of course, you know, as we said earlier, everything changes. So it just makes me think about that time period a lot when, you know, it, it was pretty, I got to say, man, it was a period of time where I actually felt like things were pretty cool. Like I felt okay about myself. I was like, my yes. life was okay. And yeah, you know, like there was like stuff going on that I was into and, you know, and it was fun. So yeah, I, I, I for sure feel nostalgic when I watch this movie. Yeah. I, I was living in Park Slope at the time. This is, this is pre, uh, pre Mike and Mike knowing each other. Yeah. This yeah is we like didn't even know each other back then. We didn't know each other just yet um, when this hit the, the, the theater circuit in, in Europe and then America. But um, I had this really cool apartment with my girlfriend and I was, you know, I was like 28 or 29 and I was in love and we were seeing all these fucked up movies all the time. And I, and in human, my band was doing well and we had a new record coming out and we went to Europe, uh, not much after and yeah man it just watching this movie literally just kind of threw me back to yesterday you know um and i i think you know look they say it's not too good to spend too long being nostalgic okay because you know you can drown in your in your nostalgia which is something look i try not to do and i think everybody should try not to do it because you should be living in the present. But this particular movie really just kind of brought me back, you know, and to good memories. I mean, at least it wasn't something that brought me back to a bad fucking time. Just like you said, Mike, bring brought, brought us back to a time in our lives when things were actually quite good. Yeah, um, definitely. And, it, you know, it was right post 9-11, actually, when I saw this, like like the maybe several months after that, six, seven months after and. New York was very united. You know what I'm saying? The world was very united. The country was very united. And, you know, sure, people were a little, you know, uh, nervous about the potential for perhaps a second terrorist attack. And, you know, all was maybe not 100% right in the world. But, you know, in my little world, I, I think everything was going pretty great. And seeing all these crazy-ass movies was exciting you know what i'm saying it, it was just like <laughs> it was just such a fun thing to do going like to indie theaters in manhattan and you know uh it, it that kind of thing is kind of gone to a degree i mean yeah there's maybe a smattering of, of that left in manhattan but a lot of like the really tiny indie theaters are, are kind of not really there anymore yeah like the sunshine and, the sunshine's gone yeah yeah and you know it's just look I'm a different person, you know, I've matured, I'm living a different life, and obviously so are you, Mike, but it's just so funny how a movie can just really have that effect on you, and and this particularly gruesome, violent, kind of fucked up movie has brought Mike and I to a, this kind of place of, man, wow, you know, like a happy place, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't get like bummed out watching this or anything. It's just that it no, definitely no. made me think about you know a cool time in my life and and uh, mm-hmm. 
And I'm glad, I'm glad that I lived there at that time. Like, I'm, cause you go there now and it's not like that. It's a totally different right. world there now. It's like, you know, even, even Williamsburg, it's totally wasn't like, it's funny. I, as much as that irritated me back then, that whole thing in the early late nineties and the, that time period, I would take that over what it is now. You know what I mean? Mm. But, <laughs> but still, you know, I, I didn't get like, you know, I, I, I had fun watching this movie and it was definitely great. And it made me you know, reminisce about that in a good way. And also this kind of predated like the whole explosion of the uh, French extreme too, or, at or, or at least my awareness of it. You know, this was right. like, kind of like the precursor for me exploring all those great French movies. Absolutely. Um, Claire Denis back in the day did this movie in, in 88 called chocolate, which is a movie I do remember when yeah. I was in high school, actually. That kind of put her on the map. She, she's very famous in France and in Europe. Um, this movie she does in 2001, and she already had like about seven or eight films under her belt at the time. Um, so, yeah, this this hit, this movie hit America in 02, came out in Europe in 2001. Uh, another movie that was from around 2000, 2001, that is a part of that French extreme that also kind of, kicked it off you know accidentally is that base moi movie oh basically yeah base yeah. yes yes um that's a far out movie <laughs> yeah which yeah. kind of goes it's it's you know again it's it's the precursor to those and then one year after that in 2002 you have irreversible so it's like all three of those movies kind of laid the groundwork for that kind of like oh three four five six seven explosion really uh of what was going on in france with these very violent kind of fucked up movies uh however i will say trouble every day is a bit more of a quieter film than the the other films that we're talking about it's a bit slower uh it, it's a slower burn than inside um and yeah i it, it does kind of fall under the blanket of erotic horror mike would you agree 100 percent primarily because Beatrice Dahl is in it. I mean, she, I mean, mm -hmm. just, just any film with her in it is like an erotic <laughs> thriller, you know, but. And, and we will say the 2001 Beatrice Dahl is a, is quite the looker. She is absolutely stunning in this movie. Gotta tell you as uh Corey, uh, let's talk about the cast real quick. Uh, Vincent Gallo is the star of this film, American cult actor as Shane Brown, his wife, uh, Trisha Vesey is played. Oh, uh, June Brown. His wife is played by actress Trisha Vesey. Uh, as we just said, Beatrice Dahl is in this film as the character Cor Corey. Uh, Alex Descas as Leo Semina, who is uh, Corey's love interest. Would you say, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Is they, a friend? Or, they, yeah. Well, or, well. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know if you could really <laughs> just be friends with Beatrice Dahl. <laughs> I know, because anybody really just friends with Beatrice. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I would say he's like her caretaker in a lot of ways. Yes, you know. Yes, and we have Florence Laurie Calais as Christelle, uh, um, and then let's see, Nicholas Duchavelle as Erwan. Um, not a very big cast. I mean, primarily there's about four to five characters, in my opinion, in this movie. Main characters, you know. Yeah. Um, the gist of the film, people. American couple, Dr. Shane Brown and his wife, June, go to Paris on a honeymoon. But in reality, Shane is really going to Paris to hunt down neuroscientist Leo Seminar, who I just mentioned. Oh, and his wife, uh, Corey, whom Shane once knew and has an obsession with. Yeah. Um, despite having a prolific career, uh, the Dr. Leo is now working as a general practitioner to keep kind of a low profile. Uh, during the day, he locks Corey in the house, uh, but she escapes and initiates sex with strange men before violently murdering them. To protect her, Leo buries the bodies right off the, off the, the bat, Mike. What does that remind you of? What movie that we talked about weeks ago and loved does that remind you of? I'm don't, I'm totally drawing a blank. <laughs> it's like what? Well, tell my me what, heart can't beat unless you tell oh, it to. Oh, dude, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I right? don't know why I just had a 
brain free. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Um, I just threw a curveball. But anyway. Um, <laughs> That's not know, on the script, we, man. It's not it's in my not notes It's not in here. the script. <laughs> Our show prep is very brief, by the way, folks. It's brief, <laughs> which is, I think, why the show does well. But anyway, uh, knock on wood, we do well. Yes, that plot point is very reminiscent of My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Listeners, uh, I hope you all watched it. I believe you can still uh, you know, check it out. It's still streaming. It's fucking amazing on Shudder. Um, you know, very interesting concept. And if you could also kind of take it back even more in a weird way to like a kind of Dracula-esque familiar concept, right? Except kind of gets rid of the mm-hmm, the like one the thing though is that is that Leo is trying not trying to encourage her behavior though that's the thing no 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 he's not like you know he's not a yes master you know like Renfit you know he's not like that but it kind of reminds me of that like it reminds me of like that relationship between this be- you know beastly character. And like the person in their life that's trying to kind of hold it together and yeah. trying to, you know what I'm saying, keep shit secret. And I don't know, it just, it reminded me of that a little bit of like a, of a vampiric-esque relationship. Um, which brings us to the p- fact that this movie in some circles gets tagged as a vampire film. And sure enough, if you looked at Wikipedia, it is literally on a list of vampire films. I'm going to use modern terminology and place it as vampire adjacent. I strongly, um, strongly disagree with it. Really? See, you don't even think it's adjacent? No, nope, okay. not at all. I'm gonna. This is what I think. It. It's okay. There's no blood drinking. Okay. She's not a really. No. A, she's not a supernatural being. Okay. They kind of drink blood, Mike. She you sure about flesh. that? She eats flesh, man. It's like okay. Mm, um, all right, but she doesn't. It's all right. There's they're vague about her origin, but they give you they infer that it had to do with some kind of medical procedure, some sort of research that mm-hmm. she's the she was the subject of this these experiments they did, and it turned her into this like you know blood beast or whatever you know this like uh, maniac who, who eats flesh and kills people. Because it is same- like a vampiric bloodthirst. Like like a violent bloodthirst. It's in a weird way, Mike. I said this to Mike before we started. It's almost like a cannibalistic, vampiristic, like mashup crossed with like I don't know. Listeners, there's this comic called Crossed that came out over ten years ago uh, from Garth Ennis. It's a horror comic that he did, and in it, it's it. They're not really zombies they're just hyper violent and they just kill everybody with like a savagery and they're taking over the planet. Right. Yeah. Um, that is kind of sorta what is going on here because Corey kind of revels in the bloodlust and gets the blood all over her and kills her victim and is kind of in this like violent trance and then she, then it's like when it's over, it's like almost like post-sex feeling, right, Mike? It's well, like this, well, like that is also another component. There's a sexual element yes, to it, yeah. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's a couple of things going on here. Now, like, yeah, she's in this. She get, gets into this frenzy. Okay, mm-hmm. Leo is giving her some kind of medication to kind of quell this whole thing. You know, yeah. Vincent Gallo's character, Shane Brown, mm-hmm. which is a fun. The name makes me laugh. Shane What's interesting? Brown. Shane Run, yeah. Doctor, the doctor. Doctor yeah. Gallo as a as a research do, uh, scientist is like neuroscience, yeah. neuroscience, uh, you know, neuroscience or whatever. Uh-huh. He also is suffering from whatever she has, which they yes. don't really define, but it has something to do with this time that they all spent together at some kind of research facility. Gallo has the same affliction, and he's keeping it together barely. Yes, he seems to have a less severe version of it, maybe. I mean, again, not a lot of answers are given. Um, Certain things are left open-ended. I just feel like 
that's part of the appeal here, folks. It is, it's, it's a horror film. It's, it's like a Euro horror film. It's got like, it's got erotic elements and sexual elements. Uh, it's got the violence and it's just, it's, it's a very unique film. I've learned that some people do not like this film at all, but um, obviously Mike and I are, are, are fans of the film and, and we, we wanted to bring it to you guys. And, and of course, uh, you know, Shudder has it for all to see in the streaming world, uh, along with a bevy of French films, including, uh, just as an aside, another Claire Dennis film called Bastards, which uh, Mike and I plan on checking out. We have not checked it out yet. Yeah. Uh, from the last, uh, from about seven, eight years ago, apparently. And apparently it's like a horror thriller. So um, that's the thing. Um, I like the Euro horrors that do this sort of thing that kind of <laughs> leave you kind of, kind of making your own way, like, you know, kind of figuring out things on your own. What do you think, Mike? Yeah. I was just going to say that. Cause I love, you know, Argento's movies, even though, you know, he's a different type of director, but like, I don't, I don't like where there's like some exposition dump, you know, okay. There's like a voiceover mm -hmm. or some shit that, you know, back in 1979, right. they, you know, I don't want to hear that. I want like, you know, you can build your own thing. And, yeah, and yeah. Actually, it's funny. The uh, the Adams family, who, uh, you know, we just did Hellbender last week, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and I did The Deeper You Dig. They they do a great job of telling the backstory of things without actually having a, a narrative dump, like, you know, exposition where there's some voiceover explaining something. And I love that. That's what I like about their films, too. And a lot of European films, they just kind of put it out there. They give you hints. They show you some things that you have to pay attention to. And you you assemble the pieces together. And oh, totally. Like, they don't tell you exactly what they did to her. But you know that they're... And it's almost not important, really, what they did to her. But you know that Vincent Gallo and Beatrice Dodd's characters both had some experience in this research project. And mm -hmm. they, they became these bloodthirsty killing machines, basically. Sexual, like violent sexual uh, killing, you know, machines, basically. And Beatrice Dahl's character is like reveling in this, you know, frenzy of blood and sex and violence. And and mm -hmm. Leo's give, trying to keep her together, you know, trying to keep it together yeah, with her. Yeah. But she it's just, just wants, you know? she just wants, I mean, a, she either wants to die or she wants to kill, you know, and, and have crazy blood sex you know and vincent gallo um, his character yeah. is trying to keep it together he's taking some medication he's you know there's like a very very borderline uncomfortable feeling of repression with him even when he's around his new new wife you know yeah he's got this this beautiful young wife and he's 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 uncomfortable a lot and there are these wonderful scenes this movie is shot like a motherfucker this is a beautiful looking film listeners um there are just these really interesting just close-up shots of him and of beatrice Dahl and other characters and just that i like that kind of shit i mean i i'm a fan of european cinema and and european horror um i just wanted to say as far as the vampirism thing there are pretty much no there are no vampiric tropes here uh both vincent gallo and Corey are out during the day uh, they have no problems being outside during the yeah. day. Really. They're, they're not. They're not um, immortal. They're not immortal. They're either. not immortal. Um, it's not about fangs. Um, they don't turn into a bat. There's no supernatural thing going on, really. Um, so, it is interesting how it how it was paired with with. I mean, look. I guess I could see how it could be paired with vampirism because it does involve blood, but. Again, I could also pair it with a bit of a, a cannibalistic bent and also just kind of this frenzied or original kind of violent horror horror story, which I think is is really what it is. Um I think it's it's a very original story. Oh you know? yeah, definitely. And in some ways it's almost very similar to like a Cronenberg style uh yeah. like I would mm -hmm. I would say I would I would use like a like an early Cronenberg kind of thing. And also that that other French film, Raw. Have you seen that? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, they're uh, they're a little, the little hints yeah. of that vibe in this movie too. Like not really, but that's kind of you know what I mean. 
Yeah, it's it's just interesting. It's it's almost like wow. I'm surprised. I've never seen anyone. I've never seen another kind of take on this where it's like it's not so much about drinking and draining of blood or about eating a person. It's about like the thrill of the murder and and like the the, the you know what I'm saying like the the violent aspect. It's just it's kind of just it's just very disturbing. You know? <laughs> and Beatrice Dahl's character too almost reminds me of like like a, like a feral cat or something, you know? Yes. <laughs> like she's like you know he's got her like boarded up in the room. It's like like if you have a like I don't have a feral cat, though sometimes she does act like a feral cat. But the um like the, you can't restrain her. You know, like she gets out, you know, like how like a, a feral cat would get out, you know, into the wild and then go out and kill a bunch of birds or something like that. Like that's kind of what happens. Like you see her wandering around the countryside because she got out, you know, <laughs> and she yeah. kills this truck driver, you know, and it's like, it reminded me very much of what was like this, this cat, like mischievous, like, and also cats, man. Sometimes they eat their prey and sometimes they just, they just want to kill. They just like the blood, you know, the bloodlust, mm. you know, so that, that, that's, that was something I was as I was watching it this time around, I was thinking about that. You know what I thought was interesting that they did? How they teased the uh, the hotel maid. Yes. Right? Like, you, knew, you knew something was going to happen to her, man. She, um, th th there's a, a this brunette, you know, pretty hotel maid character in the film, and they've they've put they put random emphasis on her as she goes, you know, as she gets dressed for work, and she's in the hotel, and she's kind of going about her day and she's in the bathroom and it's just this weird kind of emphasis on her because I mean, you don't really see her doing much other than like her job, you know? Right. Yeah. And she also, she's kind of like a bad girl too. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. steals jelly and you know, she's like smoking yeah. cigarettes. She's like a stuff. young French woman in her, you know, twenties or whatever. And she's, you know, probably, you know, hustling, not hustling as in prostitution, but she's, you know, hustling in life and, you know, doing doing her thing, but I thought that that was I kind of forgot about how they they set that up. Um, are, are we gonna talk about like and like are we gonna what do we, I mean we how much are we gonna spoil here? I mean I guess you know, you know what, what man, you I think we should just do it just because it's movies yeah. old. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's twenty years old. And, I mean uh, you know, exactly. yeah, and it's not it, it's almost not even about the the story. It's about the experience of watching it. Really, yes. That is true. Mike, you brought up a great point that I was actually going to touch on. Um, this movie, uh, essentially, aside from the very interesting story that we've talked about, the you know overarching story, th there are these two particular kill scenes that are extremely fucked up and hard, hard watches. Um, uh, one of them takes place about the, the center end of the film. Uh, it involves Corey in her home where these two guys who've been trying to kind of break into the home the whole time because they see that it's kind of, you know, the, the the bedroom upstairs part is boarded up and they're very intrigued, like, why is that boarded up? And they keep hearing noises, like someone trying to open up the boards. So they, they finally break into the house, these two young dudes. And, um, of course, they, they come across the fact that Corey is in one of these rooms and the doors are all kind of boarded up. And they see this, like, you know, this beautiful woman in there and one of the guys you know rips the, the the boards down from the doors and she starts making out with them and they begin to have sex and you know it's like this hot scene quote unquote and then all of a sudden she starts fucking going to town on him and it's very realistic she like rips his tongue out with her teeth and he's like crying and moaning and she's like punching him and she's kind of like laughing right mike it's just this really fucked up scene um yeah. that starts out as like a sex scene and turns into just you know the antithesis of a sex scene and, and they get very graphic with that scene um and she's just completely covered in the guy's blood the entire room is covered in his blood and she's she's just kind of walking around the room doing this weird like back and forth right it is a really effective scene. It's almost like 
boom, this is 2000 tar. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you were saying how it's, it's, it's a quiet movie for the most part, but then yeah, yeah. the dynamics of this movie is like quiet, quiet, quiet. And then boom, this, these two, there's two really, really intense scenes and, and yes. they go hard, you know, and this is one of them. Yeah. yeah. This is one of them. And, and it's like, it's so, it, <laughs> It's like so tragic in a lot of ways because there's this like young dude. He's like, I don't know, how old did you say that guy was? Like, wait, they're in their like early twenties. They yeah. break. They, they, you know, he's 19, he's this 20. hot woman in the house, and she wants to, you know, she grabs him to make out with him, and it's, you know, yeah, he's he like kicking, like breaking the boards, <laughs> and he's like, he's like so caught up in the potential of having sex with this, like, you know, vixen or whatever, you know, this like very this yeah. like elemental force of sexuality exactly. and you know visceralness and this is how he ends up getting like mutilated by her basically and the it, the, the weird moment is the friend clearly hears what starts out as moaning and turns into what is definitely not moaning from sex sounded like a motherfucker's dying up there okay oh, yeah. horror and, and pain. Then he, then, yeah and then he runs up there and he looks in the room and he just fucking books the fuck out of there and of course leaves his friend behind um all this, while all this is happening, uh, our Vincent Gallo, Shane Brown, has actually gotten the address of the home from uh, these other doctors in a lab because, you know, he's been, he's been trying to find the couple. Uh, you know, he, he knows them. And they've been kind of, they've kind of dipped out of life because she's been suffering from this ailment for so long. Uh, Shane makes it to the house and uh, she immediately kind of tries to bang Shane, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, because they had, they had a... Um... <laughs> You know, they have a relationship at one point. Yes. Yeah. They, they have, they, well, he, they never actually had sex. Cause remember he, they ask him like, yeah, he never had an right, affair. Right. 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 And he's right. like, he was no. obsessed with her. Though. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he was obsessed with her. And he's like, we, I was like, I wish we had, you know, I wish we mm. had. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, they didn't, you know, and so, yeah, so he's there, there's a thing. There's like definitely sexual energy between them. So, and, you know, and also she's like in her, uh, you know, her feral cat, um, you know, <laughs> phase. Yeah. Just like all like worked up and, and ready to rock. You know what I mean? So she, um, amidst all of this, she has actually lit a fire in the house. And uh, Shane, Shane is like not having it. He actually, he kills her. He strangles her to death. Um, and the house basically gets fucking set up on fire. Um and uh, her husband uh, arrives and, and, you know, to see that, you know, the, the dead body and, and, of course, you know, Corey dead. Um, uh, Mike hinted at, well, not hinted, Mike said that there is another very uh, powerful uh, fucked up scene, which is the, the ending scene. Um, when, you know, Vince uh, Gallo's character is all distraught, he makes his way back to the, his uh, hotel where his poor wife is. Uh, and they're about to have sex, and then he just stops and he starts masturbating. It's just, it's very, very, you know, these kind of weird, fucked up European horror moments in this movie. That was like <laughs> very, very uncomfortable too, because like yes, it, it, it lasted too long, and you know what I mean. It like, did. It did. Just like now, they don't show it, listeners, but they just show his. I mean, they don't show him actually masturbating like his penis. They they show it like the hand gestures and his, you know, he's like. He doesn't even seem like he's enjoying it. He's like agonizing or whatever. And his poor wife is banging on the door, hysterical crying. It's a really fucked up scene. It's sad, you know? You know? And and it's and sad. it's it's like he's such a conflicted character, too, because like he knows that if it's like he loves his wife, okay? Mm. It's pretty clear. But he knows that if he unleashes those emotions, that it's all over for her. Right. You know, he's been trying right. to take these medications, he's been trying to um you know, keep this beast like a, you know, shackled, and you know he gets close with his wife, and he knows that you know because there's there's even visions. He has these visions of her covered in blood too. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like he sleeps right. and he wakes up, and he you know, has these visions. He's like all still alive and covered in blood, and it's he's just com like compelled to to like just ravage her and tear her to pieces. You know, mm. so um. So yeah, that's that's kind of the mindset he's in is like so he he has to do something about that and that's what happens in this other very brutal disturbing scene that happens at the end of the film. 
Yeah, as as we're leading up towards the end, he 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 runs out of the hotel. He leaves his wife behind, goes to a pet store, and adopts a cute little puppy dog. Which this is a very odd moment in the scene <laughs> to give, I guess, to give everybody a breather uh, after what's just happened. Um, and he's on the he's on a subway, and he's got the puppy in his hand, and he gets close to a woman. He's kind of like sniffing this woman's hair, and it's a very odd, uh, you know, moment on the subway. And then he gets back to the hotel. And then, like I said, there was this focus on the maid. Um, and he basically comes, uh, you know, comes upon the, the maid that I was talking about. And they start kissing and fool around and, you know, about to have sex. And he eventually, like, rapes her and, like, bites her to death. Uh, which is another harsh scene in the movie. Um and he drags the body away. Like, you know, if you're a fan of French horror, you know they don't really skimp on the blood. Um, just this very dark, like, uh, graphic blood in all of these movies. And uh, Trouble Every Day definitely has it. Um, yeah, very, very, very cat-like, yeah. cat you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes upstairs to his room, takes a shower, and his, his wife fucking you know, walks in on him in the bathroom and he's just like, can we just go home? Can we? And he seems very normal and everything's okay. And they hug and, and, and like the movie's over. And it's just like this really stark ending because honestly, uh, I'm going to assume that he is not cured of anything. Yeah. All he did was just satiate it for X amount of time because he killed again, you know, or, or not again. That, was that his first kill actually? I mean, is that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah, that's, we're not clear on that, actually. We're I, not clear, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good point because it's not, well, that's the only kill we actually see. From him, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I got to be honest, I just assumed that he'd killed before. Me too. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's a good point that maybe that was the first kill. Who knows? Mm. Um, and yeah, and, 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 and the movie's over. And there's something we haven't touched upon yet the, the wonderful score. Uh, by a band called the Tinder Sticks. They did all the music for this whole film. Um, I used to have this CD, uh, the soundtrack CD, that I, I think I either lost or got really scratched up and I got rid of it, which was kind of stupid on my part, because the CD and vinyl are 100% out of print for this movie. Uh, you can't get them. You can only get them on, you know, secondary market on Discogs for like a lot of money, the vinyl and CD. But it's really cool moody as fuck music from uh the band the tinder sticks uh it's an entire you know lps worth of music just for this uh i did a look on apple and it is not available on apple music i am not sure if this music is available on uh spotify i hope so but if it isn't that kind of sucks you'll have to just kind of seek it out on youtube it's really good powerful music what do you think about the music mike the music was cool. I, I've heard other, some of their other records, too, um, mm. Tinder Sticks. I, I like the score of this film, I like the soundtrack, but I don't like the, that guy's, the way that guy sings. I don't, I don't like his voice. That guy is like, yeah, they are, bother, uh, bothers it, me a little bit. <laughs> they're English. They're from uh, Nottingham, England, actually. Yeah. Same as Black uh, Sabbath, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, not, um, that's okay. not Nottingham. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I fuck. Why did I say the same as Black Sabbath as Nottingham? Everyone knows That's they're, Birmingham. Everyone knows Sabbath from Birmingham. Mm -hmm. well, I almost fucked up big time there. That's uh, okay. It's okay. Um, you were thinking about getting eaten alive by uh, Beatrice Dahl, Mike. It's okay. You know that um, might. I wouldn't mind going out yeah. like that. Really, to be honest, you wouldn't mind. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't mind. No, no. Um, but yeah. The availability of this movie all these years, listeners, has been very odd. At one point, uh, like Mike said, you were able to grab this on a DVD. That DVD is long out of print. Yeah. Um, uh, again, good luck finding the American Region DVD of this. And I do not think there has ever been an American Region Blu-ray. And I'm not even certain of any Blu-ray status of this film. But the very good news is it is on shutter where it can be it can be reached by everybody i mean you know what i'm saying everybody who wants to see it in the horror world and, and i would say a good chunk of our listenership can uh fucking check this movie out and enjoy it um it's got to be a bit of a weird reputation uh this movie it's got like a weird rotten tomatoes review 
It's got like 49%, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes. An erotic thriller, thriller dulled by a messy narrative. Uh, Derek Elia Varadi wrote that it is overlong, underwritten, and needlessly obscure instead of genuinely atmospheric. I completely disagree with that one. Um, it is it is atmospheric. It's not that long at all, in my opinion. Um, but the Boston Globe back in the day, Chris Fujiwara said, uh, it is a success in some sense, but it can be hard to like because it is so cold and dead at times. Now, it is very cold and dead at times. But again, I don't know if I would say that that is a negative in this film. I it's mean, that, just, that, that's such like a subjective thing to say, man. It's like, hmm. basically, he's like, I didn't like it. I'm like, all right, great. Cool. Good for hmm. you. You know, but if you want cold and dead, if that's like the kind of thing that you're into, then this is for you. Yeah. Uh, this is a good review. Walter Chow, Film Freak Central. Plaintive and sad, Claire Denny's Trouble Every Day is a rare combination of honesty, beauty, and maybe even genius. Um I gotta tell you, it I'm not I'm not even a hundred percent sure what uh the director was really trying to say here about this movie, Mike. You know? But I do know that I enjoyed it and that <laughs> I mean maybe it, maybe it is the nostalgia, but I don't know because I enjoyed it twenty years ago. I just I, it was just something that stayed with me. Uh she co wrote the screenplay along with Jean-Paul Ferriero. So this is her movie. If, if a director directs and writes a movie, it's their fucking movie and their story. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I did a little bit of reading about, you know, what people wrote about this film. And they, they mm -hmm. you know, people claim it's about, like, you know, AIDS and things like that. And mm. I, I, I guess I could see that. But I, I, um, I think it's more, to me, there's a feeling of just, like, longing, loneliness, uh, mm -hmm you know, outsiderness, like that kind of stuff, just like alien, right, alienation, right. like, you know, sometimes like, uh, it doesn't have to have these like high social, uh, aspirations. It could just be about meditations on these things. And that's kind of how I see this movie. I could, you know, it doesn't have to be like, Oh, this is my statement about, you know, whatever. It's just a meditation yeah. on loneliness, despair. Um, cause I mean, the Vincent Gallo character is like, in so much pain throughout this movie, you know, yeah. because he's dealing with this thing that he doesn't know how to handle, you know? Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, Beatrice Dahl is like almost like embracing the wildness that she's, she's, she has, you know? And the only thing yeah. she's yeah. upset about is that she can't go out and kill, you know, she's being restrained. Right. That's a good point. Um, he he is way more the conflicted, tortured soul with this ailment, and she is like the chaos with it. Like you know what I'm saying? He's trying to get some order in his life. She is the absolute chaos. Um, I mean, one could also say, I mean, look, the movie is is about disease to a degree, you know, yeah. and it's about like uh, dark, you know, foreboding passion, maybe, you know. I mean, it, again, it's kind of up to the viewer, I think, ultimately. Um, Something interesting I wanted to bring up, too, is the opening scene are these two people that making out, right? Yeah. That they're not, they don't, they don't show up in the, in the film, though. Like, they're just, we never see them again. We never yes. see them again. They're just we in the very beginning, again. and then they cut away, and then they're gone. They don't, nothing happened. Like, I, I always wondered what, what drove her to make that decision to have that now is that okay the one thing i thought about that is is it is does one of them have this like you know what i'm saying is it like is it showing that maybe this is grow like you know what i'm saying we don't even know like we don't even know like what is it like yeah, that's kind of interesting right good point that would be we the one thing i'd want to ask claire denis you know <laughs> if i ever ran into her or ask vincent gal but he, he probably wouldn't know he probably have no way he probably doesn't remember, remember making the movie <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this is this is a pretty fucking great film in my opinion. Um, it's 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 you know it's it's up there with its cousins and the other French extreme films, but in a way, this is a bit more of an outlier. It's a bit more artsy fartsy to use the term artsy fartsy, and it's a bit more of again like 
it has more eroticism to it than all of the other uh, French uh, new extreme films, uh, which I think sets it apart and sets it apart in a good way. Actually, um, that's a good point because those movies, no, none of those movies really have like a, an erotic vibe. Like even, even Inside, you know, which is a film that has yeah, Peach's um, doll in it. She's scary. Uh-huh. She's not as sexy as she is in all the other movies I've seen her in. Yeah, she's she's fucking Michael Myers on steroids in that movie, in my opinion. That's what I like in her, too. Um, you know, she's like a killing machine. Uh, this is this is not that kind of movie, but this I mean, this kind of sits along. This almost kind of sits alongside like like a Daughters of Darkness or like a Vampires or you know what I'm saying? Like um, like those kind of older Euro horrors in a weird way, because they have that atmosphere that you know, that, that, that kind of special atmosphere that I think this movie does have, you know, like yeah, the, the Jess Franco, like certain Jess Franco movies, certain Jean Roland movies. They just, this this kind of weird overall atmosphere. I could dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on our scale of one to five, what do you give trouble every day? I give it a 4.5. Uh-huh. I give it, a very solid with a bullet four. Yeah. Uh, I like this movie very much. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I would have liked a little more by way of origin maybe. And, and again, like just little things here and there, but I mean, my four is a very fucking, you know, like I said, solid recommended four. uh, this is a great, 2000s horror movie it's a great french horror movie great euro horror movie uh it's it's original man it's an original film i think it's misunderstood and i i hope it is getting some new eyes and you know new love and and new overviews because of the the shutter thing mike you know exactly and uh you know uh it's it's not funny, but it, it's interesting that when that photo play video store closed, I remember walking in there one day after work because I was like, you know, I finished work, I'm coming home, I'm like, I'll rent a movie, right? So I, I went in there and all of the movies were being sold. Mm. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I kind of figured out, oh my God, this place is closing. And I did not, I couldn't find it. And because he had this on DVD, uh, I could not find it. Someone had already taken it, or maybe, <laughs> or maybe he kept it. You know, because I know that he liked all of her other films too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would have been a really cool thing to have in the collection as a hard copy of this. Well, I'm making a plea to uh, Mondo and and Waxwork. Somebody's got to license this soundtrack and get it back out on vinyl, um, because I think it would do well. Uh, it's beautiful music. It's really cool. Uh, I, again, I think it would sell well. I mean, you know, what do I know? But, uh, yeah, it would be nice to to see this out, uh, you know, in some format once again, that would be cool. Well, maybe, maybe with it being on shutter, you know, more people will find out about it now, you know, the States at least. No, that would be cool. You know, that would be great. Um, now that I think about it, I mean, I guess not a lot of the, of the, the French, uh, you know, horror explosion films have proper like soundtracks on vinyl but if there would be one this would be one to do it because tinder sticks are a legit you know band and they're still together and they have like 50 albums or whatever you know yeah and uh maybe there's some kind of legal issue mike with this particular score or maybe that's why it's like not available maybe vincent gallo is like like suing somebody (laughs) or something you know what i mean well, who knows? Don't get that. There could be a number of reasons why it's out of print, you know, or the label that put it out doesn't exist. I mean, who knows? Who the hell knows? If listeners, if anybody knows why this this score is kind of MIA, uh, please let us know, and let us know what you think of this movie. Actually, uh, once yeah. we uh, get it out to you guys, and uh, of course, what you think of the podcast, this episode, and we hope you're subscribing uh, via Spotify or Apple, or Podbean, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Yeah, for sure. That's right. And definitely mm-hmm. let us know like in the comments and stuff what you guys think about this film. And I I can't recommend it enough to people. Yeah, it's good stuff. I think, I think it will appeal 
to a lot of the people who like our podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, right, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, everybody. Be well. Oh, <laughs>